and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And this week's show, um, I am very excited for. Um, we have this week the Pride of Brighton champion over for Riptide Wrestling in the UK. Um, and honestly, one of the more bubbly and and awesome personalities um in lgbtq wrestling not just in in britain but i'd say in the industry uh the neon explosion cassius i was very happy that he took the time to sit down and and have a chat with me this week and you know i think that a lot of his story speaks to uh perseverance in a way um especially when it comes to understanding um identity and understanding your identity uh, specifically and learning how to properly express that and feel comfortable in expressing that and just to see the the persona that Cassius now puts out there in the ring um, anytime that he's in front of a crowd just whenever he's himself uh, is is really awesome to see and and I um, I think it's a I think he's an example for a lot of people to to look to, like so many others within LGBTQ pro wrestling circles nowadays. Um, but yeah, I was just really glad to have the chance to sit down and talk with him, and um, especially to, uh, as you'll hear in this interview, put my foot in my mouth a couple of times in a fun way, not a not a bad way, but a fun way. But still, eh, no one's a hundred percent right. Either way. Uh, <laughs> what is 100% is the giddiness and excitement that Cassius brought to this week's episode, and I think it is a travesty if I keep that from you any longer. So here we go. Cassius here on LGBT in the ring. All right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the ring, and I am very excited to have my guest this week. Um, he is the current reigning pride of brighton champion for riptide wrestling basically de facto making him the pride of riptide and one of the more lovable figures in all of brit rest right now um he is the neon explosion cassius how are you doing <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> oh thanks for being here like this is i i've been looking forward to having the chance to sit down and chat with you i haven't really spoken to anyone in in the british scene yet for the show so mm. and i thought that like you are the perfect avenue into the british wrestling scene as being like i would uh-huh. say one of the more visible out lgbtq uh people within the, the scene itself um yeah. <laughs> and I, I do want to like delve into a whole uh, like uh, your career and a lot of the stuff that you've been through in wrestling. But before we get into that, um, I do want I'm, I'm curious since we haven't spoke to anyone um, in the UK since the the pandemic and everything. Like, what's the, what has been like your experience with the pandemic over there um, in in uh, the UK? Um, okay, so like lockdowns happened, blah blah blah. Um, the shops were shut um until like a few weeks ago um gyms only opened this weekend oh wow thank god (laughs) (laughs) um and now it's i think if you go into a shop without a mask you're like fined 100 quid or something like that oh wow so you have to wear a mask everywhere um 
that's okay because I've got a nice yellow one so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah everything's like slowly going back to normal kind of thing but still it's like no wrestling or anything yet none of that mm. no training no nothing yet just yeah fun times I guess <laughs> <laughs> as, as I guess as fun as you can make it yeah that way now that I, I have noticed that like basically the wrestling scene has been shut down at, for the extent of this so far what's it been like for you to see like American indies like start to obviously the major companies here have still been running and it did not mm, stop yeah. and we've seen the the things that have happened because of that in terms mm. of like people like COVID um, sprouting up there but what has it been like for you to see like independent promotions in in the states start to pick back up a little bit here in, in the last month or two it's like damn i want to get in there too <laughs> that, that's what i see that's what i feel when i see clips going online but um obviously um that can't happen so it's kind of like what how can i like still like do stuff um so podcasts are fun things which i'm like okay at least those are happening um but obviously other than covid with like the whole speaking out thing and stuff mm -hmm. um i feel like something definitely needs to be done about that before we can even go back to wrestling but that's like priority i think yeah especially over here i mean yeah yeah, I, I was I was curious to, to ask you, I don't know if you wanted to get into that uh, today at all, but like seeing like what has been, obviously you have a more of a an, an, eye, an eye on things over there um, in terms of how it's played out. Uh, and um, whenever the Speaking Out movement started last month, you know, a lot of the focus was on the British wrestling scene. You know, the, I think the majority of people that were um, called out for that came from from that scene what has it hmm. been what's like the, the the mood that you've gathered from from everything that's happened related to the speaking out movement in the british wrestling scene so far or like for your person at least what you personally seen what you personally experienced you know what i think like about time like this whole thing has come out because the like these stories are so sad and so heartbreaking but like they need to be told because um the worst thing about this is that these stories aren't surprising. Like they're not shocking because some of these things are, everyone knows they go on, but people have gotten away with it for so long because whenever someone does speak out about something, their voices get like just brushed under the carpet and ignored. So when, everything like came out and everyone's supporting each other like it's about time it's it's such a, a weird time though because it it's like these things should have uh like how can i even say it like because there's no rules in sort in wrestling it's not the same industry as like another professional industry it's kind of like whenever something bad does go on you know, you're taught to keep your mouth shut because, because wrestling, um, whereas if this happened in another industry, it would not be tolerated. So, um, like it's sad what's happened, but it needs to be spoken about. So it doesn't happen again. Um, mm. that really, um, 
and but the one thing that is nice is that everyone's coming together to listen and support people that are speaking out because for so long it's it's always someone will hear what someone has to say and then they'll go oh well he was nice to me so blah 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 and then nothing gets done so um it's finally nice that something is going to be done or is on the way to being done do you think that that like that that sense of community in terms of like everybody like seeing everybody else speak out like kind of helped build those the, those voices and help some people that maybe wouldn't have spoken up uh, find their voice in this yeah definitely because i mean all it took was one person that spoke out first and the amount of like retweets that got and then someone else was like no me too and then someone else me too and then like when i saw everyone speaking out about their things even though mine wasn't the same thing it definitely inspired me to say stuff um whereas if that if that first person didn't say anything then no one i'm pretty sure no one would have spoken up because they would have felt like they would have been ignored um so yeah it definitely inspired like one person saying their piece definitely inspired everyone else to come um clean and tell the truth about what's going on with them um mm. i know it helped me yeah so. well I'm, that's that's great to hear just in and of itself that that it helped <laughs> you feel empowered to be able to speak out about your experiences so Hell yeah. yeah, I was like, finger snap. <laughs> <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what has it been like? And I don't want to, like, stay on speaking out for, for too long, obviously. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. more positive stuff to talk about with, with oh, you yeah. specifically. But um, knowing, like, like you said before, like, uh, there's a culture that needs to be addressed in, in the British wrestling scene before the events come back in that way. Um, I don't know if you've like had been talking with other people in the industry or like what, what does that change look like? What does the path to that change look like in your opinion? I, I don't even know, but I yeah. do know that it can't be the same. Well, I think more companies have, uh, are allowing women to be in a position of power as well. Like, um, and they're, talking about like getting someone involved that you can talk to that isn't um like in the wrestling business themselves mm -hmm. so you know like um i don't even know the correct terminology or correct words to use but like none of that um you know when you tell someone something but because they're mates with everyone in the industry nothing happens mm. like so hopefully something different from that so i don't like, know the correct <laughs> word. sort of like a boys club sort of thing uh, yeah sort of for lack of a better word yeah yeah okay well hopefully that the, some some positive and systemic changes can be can be made over there so that the scene can come back um in a more positive and and forward-facing way that that can address these things so fingers crossed like yeah yes yes i'd say like the the pr the prognosis of that happening has never been better based off of how this stuff has played out over there and the fact that like a lot of these cases are even like being investigated now by like police police forces there you know like that's something that 
I, it's not necessarily unheard of, but you don't really think about that that often, especially with pro wrestling stuff. So yeah, like, mm. damn, get yeah, get the police involved. You know, about time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Well, I do. I do want to. Um, I'm glad we were able to talk about that a little bit, but there's much more um, awesome stuff to talk about. Um, yeah. Most notably you. Now, I before we, I, I have to, I have to address something real quick. We're we're on video chat right now. This is an audio show, so I'm just going to describe what I'm seeing. Is that <laughs> a picture of Kota Ibushi behind you on the wall? Hell no! That's a picture of me. Oh no! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right, no, so, um... <laughs> I feel so bad now. It's fine. No, so that picture there. Um, uh, Someone drew that for me years ago, and that oh, was wow. like that was the first time someone had uh, ever drew me. So I put it on the wall, and there, there's a perfect little space in that star to put it. So I thought, let me just put it there. Oh, um, it works! It works. Yeah. No, I feel really bad now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> oh Lord. I mean, from far, yeah, I guess. <laughs> a little bit. So this is like the golden star thing as well. Like, I don't know. It was just interesting. Well, so the star I made, the star I carved that out of wood. When oh, wow. I was at university. Um, Andy. We were making this TV production thing and we needed this big star and they, I was in charge of making it and I'd never used like some woodcutter thing before, but I did that and it turned out all right. So when we finished, I was like, I'm keeping that and I'm putting it on my wall. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so is is that like your like I guess vocational background in that way? It was a TV production something that that you were super really interested in. Well, so when that was like the next best thing for me, other than wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'd started wrestling when I was at college, like training for a bit, and then I stopped for like a few years. Um. But. At that point, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to university or not, um, but everyone was applying, so I just did, and I went and, and studied television production, because that was, I thought, if wrestling doesn't work out, like, the next best thing I kind of want to do is that kind of thing, so, because mm. I love celebrities and stuff, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once I studied it, um, and realized that I'd be more of like behind the camera not in front of it um and wearing stage black I was like oh I'd rather wear pink or something you know <laughs> it just doesn't blending in with the background just didn't fit in for me so uh, mm. I was yeah. like by the time I graduated I was already wrestling so I followed that and nice I honestly I, I couldn't see blending in with stage black like that not just the way that <laughs> your personality and just the color of your gear and just like how you put yourself out there just doesn't fit with the, with the Cassius that we've come to know and love. Oh, thank so, you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you started training while you were in college, but I'm curious, like going back even further, like where did you come to wrestling first as a fan? Like where did it latch on to you in that way? Um, so SmackDown to Know Your Role. Okay. Like Pete's one. Um, I was always playing that with my friends. After school, we'd go to each other's houses and play that. And then at school, we were uh, like always talking about wrestling. And then when everyone grew out of it, I didn't. Um, and 
even the people that, you know, they didn't watch wrestling, but they secretly did. Even if we weren't friends, they would come up to me and they would talk to me about wrestling. Um, and then I started going to the shows. I also had all the toys as well, by the way, like I was obsessed with it. And, um, but the thing that got me like obsessed with wrestling um, was Mickey James and Trish Stratus, that whole ah. like obsessed fan turned stalker storyline. <laughs> um, and I think that was like the first time I felt like, oh, I can relate to this. Because, I mean, I'm not a stalker, but <laughs> I, I, I was an obsessed fan, just like Mickey James was supposed to be. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And then I became obsessed with it from then on and watched it religiously. It was mostly the Divas. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was a fan of Buffy. And then once that finished, I started watching WWE and it was the Divas. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because like i know like there's a lot of like like diva stan accounts out there and like you 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 put that out there very much to the forefront i'm one of them <laughs> yes definitely but there's like so many within you know the lgbtq wrestling circles as well like and a lot of people i've spoken to on this show have pointed to you know whether it be either china or or other divas that, that they look to that division that at, I mean, let's face it, at the time, the majority of, like, your regular, I guess, not necessarily regular, but, like, your, the majority of the wrestling fan base looked at the, at the Divas division at that time as somewhat of a, of a less than sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating. <laughs> but, I roll. I roll. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's, it's been – one thing that I've really liked about doing this show is, like, finding how many people within the LGBTQ circle really latched onto wrestling through the Divas division. What was it, what it, what was it for you specifically that pulled you in, and why do you think that, you know, queer people maybe latched onto that more so? Than, than the others divisions well the thing that I latched onto was I think just in general like I mostly do relate to women more than men even though I am a man I I just I was raised by my mom and my sister and she had my mom had seven sisters so in oh, wow. my family yeah it's I've got loads of aunties and loads of cousins and most of them are girls so in my family there's been like a good strong sense of like girl power so and then when I like I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer which was like very feminist and then so when I watched the divas it was women kicking butt and because I'm only like five eight um and 150 pounds I felt like I was more their height and weight and I could relate to them more than the guys and I loved that when I watched the Divas it was all their matches had a very playful tone um and it was it was all light-hearted and it wasn't nothing too heavy so when I was watching it as a child it made me feel good when I was watching them like sometimes I would watch a two-hour raw just to find that four minute divas match um but i every time i watched the divas it just made me smile um 
there's a lot of fun so that's why I related to that and I think people like say like Kelly Kelly she looked like an amazing Barbie doll model but she was in the ring still doing like a hurricane runner and a head scissors and it was like cool to watch and when I watched Kelly Kelly versus Beth Phoenix and she was walking to the ring and like her hair looked immaculate and she was still doing the wrestling, but it had this nice like feminine touch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me feel like if she could do it, then I could do it because mm-hmm. she was feminine and so, so am I. So that's why I related to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 not wrong. Like I think it speaks to a lot of what we're seeing now in terms of like the presentation of of other identities and and other um like not necessarily following the same like traditional gender norms for a lot of people to be able to see themselves within you know not just entertainment but pro wrestling specifically. Mm. Um, and I think that's one reason why you've resonated as much as you have, especially in in the British scene. Um, because you know, you don't see many characters like like you coming out like in not just the British scene, but like even the American scene up until like maybe the last five or so years, like really. So yeah, yeah, and and that way it feels like a definite sort of like pay it forward in that way. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. It's like um, so when I first started wrestling. Um, or started training like seven years ago Um, I think maybe all of the LGBT wrestlers must have started training at the same time or the ones that were openly gay because Mm -hmm. when I when I meet them and I get to talk to them we've all kind of started around the same time and before then there would only be like two or like a handful of people but yeah and now there's loads of us which is great i'm like yes not many people are actually open about watching divas wrestling Mm -hmm. um like for example when i first started and i would talk about oh did you see that kelly kelly match everyone would be like oh god like or i I used to feel like if i said who my favorite wrestler was oh it should be a guy but then i realized that's just not true so (laughs) i'd rather just tell the truth and uh live that um so yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i think that the the idea that a lot of wrestling kind of approaches in a way of or at least approaching wrestling is like a variety show Mm. and like kind of like putting a bunch of different things out there that you know maybe not everyone will respond to everything but someone will respond to something yeah and and that attitude is is definitely something that in terms of what you're talking about experiencing there like something that definitely caters to to that like being everyone's everyone has a favorite wrestler and every wrestler is someone's favorite wrestler yeah and and the fact that there was so much stigma around you know saying that like you really like this michelle mccool match or you really like (laughs) her matches were great they're really good yes Yes. Yeah, can't carry on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're good. No, uh, but like the the stigma around that is like incredibly frustrating. And I'll admit, like I was guilty of that at times back back then. Like I I was a bit of a dumb snob at times. But like you know, I readily admit, like I go back and watch this stuff. I'm like, this isn't 
like I do not understand like I was like sort of like impacted by that attitude as well in a lot of ways so like I couldn't I might not have been like as big of, of a diva stan but <laughs> at the same time like I could recognize that like you know they're they're good for at, at what they do and yeah and, and there's people that respond to them in that way hell yeah and it's like when I when I have matches on the indies and uh, like I'm working with someone and coming up with like stuff to do um I always I actually always watch divas wrestling to um inspire me and uh one thing I liked about those matches is that the stories they told were easy to understand um even if they were only like six minutes or whatever I always understood the story they were telling and they presented it in a fun way and sometimes when I wrestle guys that um like don't watch divas wrestling at all or whatever and i'll come up with an idea and they'll they'll like it and they'll think it's really good and we'll go do it and then after we wrestle i'll be like by the way i was kind of inspired by like um a six divas santa's little helpers match for that part of the match and i know if i would have told them before when i came up with that idea they would have been like nah we're not doing that but then once we do it and they like it and the crowd respond they're like oh <laughs> that's interesting to to hear because like do you feel like that that stigma that we've had obviously like women's wrestling has you know for lack of a better word experienced an evolution in that way in terms of like the presentation yeah. of it and and the and everything else around it um but have you seen like that that stigma around like that era of women's wrestling kind of like dissipate a bit over the years based off of like experiences like you just described where you developed a, a spot for a match and then later told them that it was from this thing that they might not have really been that receptive to. Yeah, have you seen like a, a destigmatization of, of that era? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit like, because I feel like now um, when I talk to some wrestlers and now some of them are open about being uh, fans of Divas, uh, the Divas wrestling so in that sense yeah because then we do bond and it's like okay to say oh my god yeah you like that match too oh my god me too um so whereas five years ago seven years ago there was no one to talk to about that even if they did watch it they would have kept it a secret so I think there it is kind of there, like people now being open to say they watched divas wrestling especially because like once some of the divas have left and now they've wrestled them on the indies um mm -hmm. and it's changed some of their opinions um yeah i would say yeah good i mean that's awesome to hear like i yeah. think <laughs> that stuff does not need to keep happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun because sometimes backstage at a show um depending on like who's there i'll be like um oh we should film like the backstage bit where the camera pan uh, tilts up from their feet and goes up and then they're walking backstage um down the corridor to that uh, feeling me music that like that diva's anthem mm -hmm. and everyone's always up for doing that because they know they know it is so much fun <laughs> that's awesome to hear I love and it goes it. down well on twitter when you and when they know that then they're like okay yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> oh lord i love it i love it i love it um <laughs> i do want to rewind real quick because like you said uh the the mickey james tristratus storyline was really like where what 
grabbed you in terms mm-hmm. of like really cementing your your um, love of, of wrestling. Obviously, that has been looked at um, in through the the LGBTQ eyes uh, for it, the the storyline itself in terms of like representing, you know, granted an unhealthy relationship between two <laughs> women, but still a relationship between two women that did not ulti- like automatically devolve into like HLA bullshit. Um, so like in that, like for that time, it was sort of positive. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like at that point, whenever, whenever um, you, you saw that and it really like sunk its teeth into you, um, where were you at in terms of like understanding your own identity and did, did you relate to it in any way based off of like that LGBTQ connection between the storyline and, and yourself? Well, so at the time, um, in the closet, but like, I've always known that I'm gay, mm-hmm. like always. Um, like when I was watching Buffy, I didn't really fancy Buffy. I fancied Angel. So I always, I always knew. Um, but the thing is, I didn't even realize that was probably a reason why I also liked the storyline. Um, I, I didn't even realize until years later, once I'd come out and like rewatched it, did I suddenly think, oh, wow. That like, I mean, even though she's not really a lesbian, but like, it it did represent that kind of thing. And like, I, I feel like many of us have been there, like where we fancied someone that wasn't gay, and or or like, I mean, I didn't kidnap no one, but you know, <laughs> I hadn't been psycho, but. It, you know what? It was exaggerated, but it kind of was relatable, I guess. Um, so that probably was another reason why I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it at the time, but yeah, now now when I look back, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she got cheered from the crowd when she wrestled Trish. Mm-hmm. So even though she was like, you know, a psycho lesbian, she got cheered. Um, you know? Yeah. <laughs> No, like I, I, I still look fondly back on on that story, on that storyline, and especially the match they had at, at Mania that year. Like it was still one of the better women's matches to happen at a WrestleMania. So yeah, definitely. That, um, was, that was good. Yes, yes. <laughs> so um, <laughs> moving on from that, like you, you got into training, and and you, obviously you took a break, came back to it. Um, whenever you like came back to training and really started to to go into wrestling like seriously and and full force. Mm-hmm. Um what was your perception going back into training whenever you were getting seriously back into wrestling again and did you see yourself being able to have such a character like the Neon Explosion um where you are able to be like like as open and flamboyant and effeminate as you as you are in the ring as you are now? Um- so okay so did I see that happen no like I had no idea that this is who I was going to be um obviously it was someone who I wanted to be but I had no idea that was going to come about um I so when I went back to training I was so nervous about going back because of obviously the what happened before um and I remember I got there early but I was so nervous that I walked around the block like three times before I actually walked in through the door um and like I think I was about I was 19 then and 
obviously I knew I was gay, but I wasn't out. And I had no idea that this would, that this is who I would be in the wrestling world. Um, I, uh, like, I couldn't even imagine it. Like, if you would have showed me, like, a picture of me now, if you would have showed me to, like, me seven years ago, I would have been like, no way, I could never do that. No, that's not going to be me. Um, I was so shy. And um, I used to, like, try and um, control, like, everything about the way I moved. Like, I used to try and make sure, like, my feet wasn't, like, facing inwards and that they were facing out. Because I used to strut. Um, not even purposefully, but I would strut because I was watching the divas walk to the ring all the time. So whenever I was walking down the street, I would strut. Um, and then I would try and not do that because of what people would say. And then it kind of all came about by accident. Um, I was training. Um, and then two weeks before one of the shows, um, I got in the ring with one of the girls and I was supposed to be a heel and I grabbed her by the hair and I pulled it. Um, and my trainer was like, oh my God, that was so sassy. Like, you should do that more often. And when I was learning the wrestling moves, I couldn't control about um, trying to act masculine or whatever. I couldn't control the way my body moved and it always moved in a feminine way because that's what I was used to watching. So, um, yeah, my, my trainer was just like, you need to wear pink and um, bright colours and glitter. And it's so weird because I was so scared of doing those things. But really, I always knew that I loved the colour pink. I always knew, like, I liked yellow and bright colors but I always avoided wearing those colors because I knew people would be like oh you're gay or whatever so like I always knew I loved bright colors but when I look at my wardrobe from years ago like my everyday life I would never wear any of those outfits again they were all so <laughs> <laughs> they were all just dull and dark and just not me so once I was kind of like given permission I guess you could say to dress a certain way and wear bright colors and wear what I actually really wanted to wear um that's when everything changed and uh yeah <laughs> yeah and I think and um, when I had my first match it was in a mixed tag team match and I got in the ring and um I was like, oh my God, yay, woo! And it was so like, something so feminine, but it was just 100% me. And when I did it, the crowd cheered for me. From then on, that's when everything changed and the whole character came about was uh, how the crowd reacted to me doing something by accident. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one time I'd hit a move and then I booty popped after, just because it, I felt like, I, it just felt right. Um, and it felt genuine and authentic. And then when I did that, someone cheered and then they all cheered. And then someone remembered that part the most about my match. So mm. I realized um, just doing what feels right um, and natural to me was the best thing to do. And that's how everything turned out. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, that's awesome to hear. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad that that it was a, that you were able to find that that comfort in the ring, especially, you know, and just yeah. to let yourself out, and that the crowd responded in that way. Yeah, the crowd were the ones that taught me that it's okay to be gay, and mm-hmm. um, because they accepted me way before I even accepted myself. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I like if it wasn't for wrestling, I'd probably still be in the closet now. So. Hmm. So yeah, thank God for wrestling fans. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> why? Why do you think it, it took the the crowd response in that way to kind of make you feel comfortable with with yourself in that way? Well, I think because at school, if I strutted down the corridor, I would get called gay. Or if I, um, you know, if someone says you've got something on your feet and you check your um, you check your shoes. Apparently, if you did it a certain way, it meant you were gay. And I always did it that way. And, and, and someone would always say it. So I, um, I was always called out for being feminine in everyday life. So when I did it in wrestling and it wasn't seen in a negative context, that's when it was like, oh, my God, all this time I've been told not to be this way. But really, this is how I should be. And this is what people are cheering for me for now so like all the things people used to take the mick out of me for before these are the things that people cheer for me for now Mm. so that's that's why yeah (laughs) it's just so awesome like you just don't you don't necessarily expect that sort of 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 thing to happen but obviously like now more and more it's happening now and it's just really awesome to hear that that wrestling gave that level of comfort for you to really like like express who you are in that way um obviously you trained at the london school of chili bray correct yes yes so and and a lot of your style does like it it is a lot of lucha integrated into your style uh, i think through that did was was the lucha style something that you came to before going to the school or was it something that you kind of got interested in by going to to that school um um okay well so they uh, like I'd never done lucha before that and I obviously like the coolest moves in the games when I was creating a character were all the lucha moves of course um, I would always give myself that or like my favorite moves when I saw the divas wrestle were lucha moves as well like Kelly Kelly doing the head scissors that was like my favorite move ever so um made sure to pay homage to her of for course. that but um yeah so like those moves were the favorite things that I reacted to when I was watching wrestling. So then when it came to learning how to wrestle, I knew that I wanted to learn those moves. And I'm just glad that I went to the London School of Lucha Libre to actually be taught those moves. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I knew I wouldn't be body slamming anyone. Like I knew I'm going to be outweighed by everyone. So... There would be no scoop slam, no power bomb from me. <laughs> um, unless it's one of those few times where I'm in the ring with someone smaller than me or my size and it's suddenly like, oh, I get to whip out like a power move. Well, it's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I knew it would be sort of the lucha stuff that would be great for me. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, and to that point, like knowing Lucha Libre's long history with um, Exoticos and kind mm-hmm. of embracing 
this sort the this sort of all I, I hate the term but like alternative identity and that sort of thing you know like yeah. embracing you know openly gay wrestlers in terms of and also like some people just playing up that that style of character in the ring um did you were you aware of the of the exotico um lineage within lucha libre whenever you started kind of training or did you come to it later on and did that have any influence over you once you did like learn about it at all um well so before i joined the london school of lucha libre like i had no idea of what an exotico was or that it was like it existed i had no idea but um my trainers greg and gary are good friends with cassandro El exotico so once i started training with them um like every now and then cassandro would come over and we i would get to train with him and then whenever he was over um we were always paired in a tag team match so mm. From that, I got to learn about it, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, a wrestler can be openly gay and be successful. Um, so that was eye-opening um, to me, and, um, and it was good to hear that it was in, like, Lucha Libre, which is what I was studying, you yeah. know, as a wrestler. Um, so it was like, oh, I'm at the right place. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so that was good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, and it was eye-opening because until that point, like, there had been uh, only a few people that were openly out on TV, but they were kind of very different from me, as in, they, like, they were very masculine. So it was like, it's great that they're there. Um, but th I felt like I also related more to these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like being in the ring with Cassandro? Because that's really interesting to me, like learning that you were in the in the ring with Cassandro from like an early from an early time period in your career. It was fun. So I had my I think my fourth ever match um was a tag team match where I was teaming with him and um <laughs> like I I only knew like three moves, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, like, I could do the basics and, like, shoulder tackles and stuff. But when it came to, like, oh, so what lucha do you do? And I was like, uh, um, it's Tilt Well Head Scissor, which I learned last week. Um, <laughs> and, but it was fun because you're thrown in the deep end. And it's like either sink or swim. And thankfully, I always did well. Thank God. Um, but like it was nerve-wracking it was scary but it was also exciting at the same time and um, I knew I would have to whip out like any impressive lucha move that I had and um, I do remember I, I got to do a top rope Hurricane Rana which I'd done at training like years before that but I'd never whipped it out in a match and then he was doing one from the corner and he was like, oh yeah, can you do one of those? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think you should. Because um, this is the perfect time to do it on a show like this. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> and then I did it and it was great and it worked. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because I know if it wasn't for that, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. And then it would have been one of those things that you learn that you never get to whip out. So... It, it was it was fun. I always got to whip out something different within mm -hmm. those matches. Yeah. 
no that, that's awesome like the lucha, <laughs> the lucha libre like um like psychology of a match is a bit different like because some of these tag matches you don't actually have to slap hands and tag, right. tag out yeah but like if someone gets thrown out the ring the other person can just walk in so i remember doing those matches and I was actually confused while I was going, like, doing it. Like, <laughs> like I remember, like, someone getting thrown out of the ring and I'll be watching them and taunting or something. And then I get hit from behind from someone else. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? No one tagged in. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so it's different rules. So, um, yeah, you have to be on the ball when you do those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you learn a lot in those. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. a, definitely a learning curve. There. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting. It's like you're kind of on edge because you don't really know what is going on, um, but then you do it and it works out well, hmm. and then you're like, "Wow! Oh my god! Okay!" And then you get like that extra adrenaline rush as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, you've wrestled for a number of promotions over there. I, I think probably most notably um, Lucha Britannia. But yeah. now you've – last year you debuted for Riptide, which yeah. I think is the company that a lot of people, especially stateside, know you best for at this point. Yes. Um, and like I said at the top of the show, you are the current Pride of Brighton champion. You have the medal. Ooh, yes. It's the first ever. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I will say, like, that show where, where, you won, where you won that medal was spectacular. Like, one of the really, like, heartfelt moments, I think, in, in wrestling last year. Um, especially with the storyline of, like, you losing to Chikara at the opening yeah. round and then being brought back and defeating Chikara in the semis to move on to the finals. And it was just – it all played out really well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what was it like whenever you got the call from riptide because like i i to my knowledge riptide is still a fairly young promotion it was only started in 2017 if i'm not mistaken so what was it like for you um getting that call from them and and being put on such a a high stage early on from from getting the call well so um like before I worked for them, I always knew I wanted to work for them as soon as they came about because um, their footage is just stunning. So I knew that if like, if I was to wrestle for them, I knew that I would get some really good footage of me. Like it's so well done and like the production is just so good. So I knew I wanted to wrestle there and um, any wrestler I'd met that had wrestled for there, they had nothing but nice things to say about them. Um, and so it was once I wrestled in New York um, and came back, I made my Riptide debut in the Rumble. And that was so much fun. And before I even talk about the wrestling, I just want to say that like the way you're treated at Riptide is just so good. Like they are, they are lovely people. They treat everyone res- with respect. And it's completely different to how a lot of other companies treat talent and they really do look out for everyone. And um, like, there's loads of notices on the walls about like, if you've got a concussion or like an injury and like, uh, there's a barber backstage and oh, they're wow. just, yeah. And like, they're just, 
very nice people that it's always an, a comfortable and fun environment to work in, which makes it makes you want to work twice as hard to um, make them proud. And so, yeah, when I, uh, I did the rumble and then got called back and we did uh, the Pride of Brighton stuff. And um, when the poster came out of like everyone in the tournament, um, I don't think anyone expected me to win. Like I didn't expect me to win um, because everyone else on there, like, they'd been with Riptide for a while or they'd wrestled um, in a lot more different places than me. And they kind of had like already were making a name for themselves, like more than me. So when I, uh, when I, when we did the tournament, I don't think anyone thought I was going to win. And then I got knocked out in the first round with in a, a match with Shakara, which by the way was some, one of my favorite matches because we were she was just so sassy and like no one is ever sassy back to me so when I got to wrestle her and like we were both like pointing fingers at each other mm -hmm. um it was like oh wow um because she's from north london like where I'm from okay and everyone in that area like if you grow up in that area you kind of got a bit of attitude with you I see uh, yeah so like we're both <laughs> kind but we've got like a little sassy side that is just ingrained into us because we're from the area. So um, that was a fun match to have. Um, but once I got knocked out of the tournament and then got put back in and then won the whole thing, no one expected me to do that. And I think that was one of the reasons why it worked so well and people responded to it so well there was because just people thought, oh, I'd be in the tournament and get knocked out in the first round and that was it, you know, it will carry on and someone else would win. But it was something no one expected and it was so much fun. That day was like WrestleMania to me. Yeah, it, 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 it felt like it. It looked like it. Yeah, it was yeah. like, because they had two shows that day and I was in the first match of the first show and then the last match of the last show and then... It was daytime in that first match, and then it was nighttime by now. So you know that like WrestleMania when the the it goes from day to night. It was kind of like that, mm -hmm. and oh that that venue, that show, that was so much fun. I think that was one of like my favorite times in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And by this point, by before I walked out to do that last match, and. Um, like, I was tired. I'd had two matches that day. <laughs> I was tired. and um, But I remember looking up at the sky and I was sitting there thinking, like, yeah, you're tired, but this is so much fun. Like, you could very well be at some boring job that you hate, you know, miserable, but you're not there because instead you're doing this, you're wrestling and you're doing something that's so much fun. And like, yeah, I remember just being so happy before I walked out and uh, yeah, I can't even describe it. It was fun. It was so much fun. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> no, like the moment like where, where you won the final and, and you, and you claimed the medal and just seeing the crowd erupt in the way that it did, like it just, it just, it chills. It's just awesome yeah. to see. Um, and one of the things I really like about Riptide and that show in particular 
was the diversity of the crowd that you saw there because like yeah. you know so much of of wrestling especially from like what some of the larger indies in the british scene is a, a very predominantly male audience and yeah. riptide really pulls in like there's a, a good amount of female fans there there's a lot of children there and you know I, i've seen like a number of you know lgbtq fans mm-hmm. at shows there too um yeah. so like that really spoke to me in terms of like what riptide is aiming to do in that way and to see this diverse crowd celebrate you winning winning that that title in that way was just amazing to see what does it what does it say to you to see like that sort of change in in the audience at a at a riptide show and do you see that like kind of kind of spreading through throughout the the scene um it's you know it's really inspiring to me actually when um i see like fans of every different background and uh like sexual orientation and gender and everything like all in one place and it's nice to see because it's like oh wow wrestling's evolving in in that sense and it's it's very nice to see because then suddenly I'm like not the only openly gay one in the room like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep so it's, it's it's nice for me to see that as well um and in the British scene it wasn't always like that so now that it is it's changing it's good to see um when we did the lucha shows there's fans of all different whatever you want to call it you know there's there's fans from all different backgrounds and everything and however um sometimes the lucha shows seem to be kind of like separated from the british wrestling side because Mm. um they don't build they don't bill it as a wrestling show. It's more billed as like a entertainment extravaganza thing, whatever. So they normally look at it as something quite different, but in the resistance gallery, which is where all that happened, like, um, st- uh, like people have been welcomed there and all that for, for a while. Um, it's just wasn't always the same at other wrestling shows. So it's nice to see that on a British wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I definitely second that. Like it's just one of those things you, that you don't normally see and it was really inspiring to see that along with what was happening in the ring with with you being pushed so heavily to the top of the riptide card there in that way um i i'm curious though um i know in the states like just me personally going to shows here in portland like i've seen out wrestlers like effie come here and have like kids come up to him after like on like intermission and like and 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 that's not something that granted this is probably a product product of where i grew up in the south Mm. like you would you wouldn't necessarily see that happening at a wrestling show and and that sort of thing a while back have you had a similar experience where like where um kids or, or other like lgbtq youth or just youth in general have really like kind of latched on to to you or they've been able to like um, see something in, in you in that scene and, and have responded well to it? Um, yeah. Well, so for most of my career, like I was always a face. I've been healed once, but not for very long. So I've always been a face and like I'd always got a good crowd reaction and from whether they're adults or kids. And when we did the family friendly shows 
um, the London Lucha League shows, mm-hmm. um, I always got such a great response. And at first, because I was a gay wrestler, um, <laughs> people used to think, oh, well, that's very adult. Um, or like, if you slut drop, that's an adult thing to do. However, when I wrestle on kids shows, I change the context of how I do certain things. For example, I won't do things in a sexual way. It will be more in a playful way. Mm-hmm. So then I've never had a problem about not being liked by a younger audience because they they always cheered for me. And that was always really nice to hear um, because I feel like some people didn't get that reaction back in the day if they were to do like a a quote-unquote gimmick Mm -hmm. um and that was one of like I used to have that worry like oh maybe I won't get cheered because it's not an adult show but then whenever I did go out there I never had a problem and they I always still got you know a loud cheer from the crowd and that was great and it was like when um you get to meet them after the show and they're and everyone's really kind or it's usually like um a little girl it out of the kids that will cheer for me because I'll be wearing pink and Mm -hmm. a lot of them will have like a bow or a pink dress or like something that kind of looks like my outfit like we dress the same (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they end up cheering for me and that's always nice to hear and nice to see and um in terms of like LGBT fans being at shows after a show, it's always nice to hear them say to me that like seeing me on the show um, helped them feel welcome at a show or in an industry where they don't usually feel welcome. Um, that always means a lot to me. And those are like, I love hearing that because um, that, that kind of gives me a purpose. It's like, oh, I'm glad that I'm being myself because then it inspires someone else to be themselves or it makes them feel welcome in wrestling because wrestling is for everyone um, and everyone should feel that way and feel welcome. So it, I, I love hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, okay. okay. Another thing. Sorry. No, no, no go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so like when they... Uh, when I do talk to some of the fans after the show and the thing they like about me is that whenever I am on the show, I'm not presented as, oh, just some token gay gimmick wrestler. Like the fact that I'm gay is is never really even like spoken about because it's so obviously in your face and we don't make a big deal out of it. Um, So then when when I don't make a big deal out of it, no one else makes a big deal out of it. And, and that suddenly isn't the focus anymore. And it's just, oh, it's a wrestler. So, and that whenever I've always wrestled, I've, wherever I've gone, I've always won the championships wherever I've gone. So they, they always say to me that it's nice to see um, an LGBTQ plus wrestler in like either a main storyline or the main champion of said show and not just some quick little match. Um, mm-hmm. So, and that always makes me smile as well. 
just like, yay. The <laughs> fans are the <laughs> <laughs> No, I can definitely, I can definitely see how that would have that, that kind of impact on you, especially knowing how like those, those types of gimmicks have been treated in the past, you know, yeah. whether it be like an actually out person or just someone por like portraying the, like that kind of role, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I mean, I, I have no problem with, I guess, um, like someone choosing that as their gimmick, like, you know, do what you want. Wrestling's for everyone and everything. Um, but I think the reason why sometimes that quote unquote gimmick doesn't go off well is because people can tell there isn't a sort of like authenticity to it when someone's doing it. However, when I've done it or when any other like actually gay wrestlers doing it, you can tell there's like a genuineness to it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not just someone prancing about and doing whatever. It's someone just being themselves. And I think that's what people, that's why people cheer for me. Cause I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I think if I'd came to the ring in a pair of black trunks and kick pads and plain boots and tried to act like a macho man then i would not get any cheers whatsoever so <laughs> yes <laughs> no <laughs> you gotta be true to yourself like you know so, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah exactly it, it, and and it and it works very very well I, I will say like i i think that like the the fan response is is definitely warranted um and like i know a lot of people that have really been like turned on to you in the past couple of years I've, I've really seen that that same sort of authenticity i feel in in terms yeah. of your presentation well i feel like i feel like i owe my anything i've ever done in wrestling i kind of owe it to anyone that's cheered for me because um i feel like if it at first like people other wrestlers yeah they liked what i was doing but you know they didn't really care for it but once they saw me wrestle in front of a crowd and they saw the way the crowd responded to me that was when promoters and other wrestlers took notice of me because of the crowd reaction um like i'm sure they you know they thought okay yeah cool you can wrestle whatever but it was only until they saw how much the crowd cheered for me that allowed me to have like any opportunity anywhere that that's why I would win the championships because I I had a good crowd reaction. So without the crowds, like you know, I owe it all to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, in many ways, a, a lot of wrestling is is kind of owed to to how crowds respond in that way. So like that's that's really awesome. It's just awesome to see like the fan response in general with 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 you and and other especially in just in terms of just overall like LGBTQ pro wrestling, like the response to people living their authentic selves in the ring in, at least in some fashion and, you know, outside of the ring being able to live their lives openly and, mm. and having fans actually like really like invest in that and, and be able to really um, point to someone in living their life in that way as a, as a sign of strength as opposed to something to be derided you know it's awesome to see that evolution in pro wrestling yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i do have to ask you uh, obviously riptide came out earlier this year earlier i think it was last month and said that they were going to be um basically on hiatus for the rest of the year mm. and coming back in in 2021 
um, hopefully. Knowing that your your place in Riptide and your relationship with the with the promoters there, do you yeah. see that as a sound decision for them based based off of how um, the the pandemic response has been in the UK? And um, also, well, I'll, I'll let you answer that, and then I'll ask my my next question regarding Riptide. Yeah. What, how do you feel about that decision? I mean, I, I totally understand it. Like, I totally get it. Like, they're they're making a wise decision. Like. I totally support that a thousand percent. Um, in fact, like, I don't even like who knows when wrestling will come back over here, but I, I feel like they know because like they're good people and they know they've got morals. They know that you can't really, you know, sit there and promote your show when with the, whatever's going on around them, like with not even just with COVID, but like with the speaking out thing. Um, so like they know something need, there needs to be a change in the wrestling industry. And I totally a thousand percent support their decision to take a hiatus. I mean, I would do the same, like, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And speaking to, to the speaking out point that, that you made there as well, like they've Riptide has been very proactive in terms of um, altering shows that are, that are existing already. I know like on their, their programming that's on independentwrestling.tv right now, like they've gone back and, and, and edited out matches that involve people that were um, implicated in the speaking out yeah. movement. Um, what does it mean to you to have a company that is willing to go that far to like basically like, kind of cleanse itself of this thing and really address um, the, the movement and, and the, uh, the mm. people that are involved in it in such a forward facing way? See, like that means everything. Like, I've, I've, I feel like they're probably the only one that's gonna do that, and I hope not. I hope other people do that too, because, like, you know, um, you can't be sitting there promoting, like, or like talking about matches you've had with people that have, like, you know, seriously done some bad things. Um, so. The fact that they're doing that, they're setting an example for all the other companies to do that. And not, I know, I know there are some that won't do that because like of the whole um, lads, lads, lads culture of um, like brushing everything under the carpet. So I know there's some places that would probably not do that, but I'm so glad that they are because maybe that will inspire another company to do it. But um yeah, I, I, I feel like that should be done, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, I am curious to, to ask you about this, because um, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were scheduled to be at Effie's Big Gay Brunch at WrestleMania weekend uh, in no. Tampa, right? No. <laughs> I could have no. sworn. I thought I could have sworn there was an announcement there. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, do you know what? I, I, I saw all the stuff like going up, and I, I'd gone. I'd done the WrestleMania like in the states the year before, and I'd met Effie, mm-hmm. and I thought that'd be such a good thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. But I, like, when I went to New York, I spent so much there. I spent so much money because I was like, <laughs> I'm in New York City. Um, and it was like, 
I went there to wrestle, but I knew I was going to be there. So I thought, well, let me just go get WrestleMania tickets too. And mm-hmm. then did that. And it was my birthday, like the week before. So I was like, let me celebrate my birthday too. And like, I'd spent so much money that <laughs> when I came back from that, I was like, whoa, I'm going to need to save a while. So I wasn't sure if um, I was going to go to the States like for the you know wrestlemania i was like let me just give it a miss until the year after Mm, okay but had i gone i was like i i definitely would have like wanted to do that because that's that like every time i'd see an announcement for that it made me so happy because it was such a cool thing to be going on and it's so cool to know that like there's enough LGBTQ plus wrestlers to make a whole roster. There's more than enough to make a whole roster and a show. Um, and it, it looked like so much fun, but I was like, well, it was, it was Florida, right? The yeah, of this. it was in Tampa. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh, I love Florida way too much. And I know if I, I go, I'll spend <laughs> so much money. So I was like, let me not go this year and like save up to possibly go to California. Like, Mm-hmm. the year after but yeah so yeah no i wasn't hooked for that <laughs> ah, crap. i could have sworn i saw the rumors here now if you want <laughs> well you we know the, the show's postponed like... so it can, it's probably still gonna happen and at some point maybe if we have a wrestlemania <laughs> in california next year it'll maybe be there so we can start so the we're push start here. rumors and plant the seed so maybe that will <laughs> manifest before next year comes um yes because I believe in all of that, like making your own future. I believe in manifesting that. So I think mm-hmm. maybe you've just manifested something cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely if there is a WrestleMania in LA um, next year and we have a big, the big gay brunch finally gets to happen, uh, it will be a shame if Cassius is not on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I did meet I did meet Effie though the year before when I went to the states and he mm-hmm. was he was lovely to me he was nice and it was great because I I'd met everyone on Instagram and then seeing them all in person like Effie Sunny um, Eddie McQueen Nyla Rose um, oh, who are like so many names like it was it was so nice to finally meet them in person it's mm-hmm. great oh, that's <laughs> that awesome nice. yeah um, so I guess. My last question for you, Cassius, um, going forward, obviously you're not in the ring right now, but hopefully we'll be back in the ring, um, if not by the end of this year, hopefully early next year. Um, What do you see as a, what what do you want to accomplish still, what's left, not to say what's left for you to accomplish going forward, but what do you see as your your next like major goal for yourself? You know, I don't know, just more championships, more, more everything. You know, I feel like I want to get signed soon. Like, I want to get signed. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's listening, sign me, please. Uh, um, that's my next goal is to get signed and appear on TV and take over the world. Um, I feel Lofty like. Lofty goals. Yeah, because then, from then on, I can just launch my empire, you know, like. um who knows like get signed somewhere um 
be on stage somehow with Miley Cyrus. Like, even- I, I wanted to ask you about that because like, there's a lot of Miley Cyrus love on, on your on your Twitter. I'm curious, like, where the, where I, I didn't realize that you were such a big Hannah Montana fan. <laughs> <gasps> okay, right. So Hannah Montana, basically, I lived the Hannah Montana life with wrestling for mm. like years because I didn't tell anyone I was a wrestler for the first two years of me doing it because um no first of all no one no one supported me when they found out i wanted to be a wrestler everyone thought i would be rubbish at it blah 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 Mm. and then obviously once i did start wrestling and i was the neon explosion in pink shorts i knew that if they knew i was a wrestler then they would know i was gay so then i kept that a secret um and it was like i used to go to university and then have like my knee pads and everything in my bag and I don't, I don't know how no one clocked like what was in my bag because it was massive like <laughs> it was like I had a suitcase on my back and I don't know why no one wondered where the hell I was going after university but yeah um <laughs> and um so like you know like she's Miley by day Hannah by night mm-hmm. no one knew I was putting on pink shorts and you know slut dropping and whatever um and so that's why Hannah Montana just related to me so much. All of her songs, of like the other side of me, the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. they were my anthems, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> I still have them on my playlist. So I think probably that inspired me to even be okay with keeping that thing, that whole thing, a secret um, for a while. Um, or like the the bit where she takes off the wig and she tells the world she's Hannah Montana like oh god that always makes me cry and it always it 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 all I always feel like I relate to that um just like as a gay man but also when I told everyone about wrestling like yeah Mm. I I am Hannah Montana's cousin like I lived her life (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I feel like it's it would only make sense to have a have a moment where I'm with Miley or Hannah. Obviously, not both at the same time because that is impossible. But either have a moment with Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus in stage. It would only make sense because she's been a huge part of my career. Whether she knows it or not, she obviously doesn't know it yet, but she will one day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean those parallels make so much sense to hear you explain it that way. Like it just. I mean, for me personally, it didn't really connect that way, but it makes total sense the way you put it. Yeah. I think that speaks to a lot of experiences for not just, you know, LGBTQ wrestlers, but LGBTQ people in a lot mm, of ways yeah. too. So yeah, no, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. Never, I never and, thought that Hannah Montana could be that powerful in my mind. You know what? <laughs> yeah. She so is. Yeah. And, and I think Miley's like unapologetic attitude inspired me to be unapologetic because I never apologize for anything I do um I mean I don't I'm not going around offending people anyway but like her being herself inspired me to be me or like same when she twerked at the VMAs and she took over the world and that was controversial controversial like that was how I got my DD twerk finish Mm -hmm. um, by doing Mickey James's DDT with Miley's twerking um (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like, 
she's been there through it all you know secretly mm-hmm. she didn't even know <laughs> <laughs> well cassius i have thoroughly enjoyed having this chat with you i'm really glad that you were able to come on the show um let everybody know out there where they can find you on the internet and where they can follow um you and your career and all of your diva standing okay god okay yeah for some diva standing you can head to um at neon cassius n-e-o-n-c-a-s-s-i-u-s on twitter instagram and cassius the neon explosion on facebook or you could just search Cassius the Neon Explosion on YouTube as well and see some of my fabulous matches on there. <laughs> yes, I believe the first match that comes up is that opening round match with Chikara um, from the yes. the Pride of Brighton tournament. So definitely a, a must watch. Yeah, there. yeah. If if you're a fan of women's wrestling and sass and divas, watch that because there's loads of tributes in there <laughs> <laughs> all right Cassius, thank you so much thank you so much for having me all right well there you have it um clearly effie and miley cyrus the ball is in your court <laughs> when it comes to uh cassius right now um i'm sure that that's gonna happen one way or the other um either one of those things both of those things there's just something about determination and, and a lot of what Cassie is talking about when it comes to manifesting what you want out of life. And you know what? If Cassie wants to twerk with Miley bad enough, Cassie will twerk with Miley bad enough. And I'm definitely sure that he's going to show up at some iteration of the Big Gay Brunch or a comparable event somewhere down the line. Um... That being said, once again, follow him uh, at Neon Cassius on Instagram and Twitter and um, keep up to date because whenever Riptide does come back next year and and you get to see Cassius in that ring again with the roster that Riptide has, like it's, it's something to see. It's one of the more um, engrossing and um, uh, evocative promotions that, that's running um, or has been running the past year or so um but with that um i think that brings us to the end of the show this week um but of course we cannot leave without saying thank you to some awesome people that help make this show as grand as it is the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital and a huge thank you to sarah and the safe word for the show's theme song formula 666 that's off the album red hot and holy you can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and, of course, if you're into video games, I do also host a gaming news show with a couple of my good friends and Twitch streamers, um, SlackerKite and Lady Merwin, over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. That is the Mr. Video Game Super Show every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Um, it's, a, it's a fun little two-ish hours of uh, running through the week's gaming news and offering critique analysis and just trying to have fun where we can with it. Um, which usually video games provides a good amount of fun, um, but plenty else to really take a hard look at, like any other entertainment industry. They're fun that way. 
Um, but yeah, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. Um, with that, um, I believe that's going to do it for us this week. Um, definitely check out outsports.com for a continued coverage of the whole bunch of stuff. You know, the WNBA just got back underway this this week, and um, it's been pretty fun to watch so far. Mystics have been been showing out. Shout out Ariel Powers. <laughs> um, but uh, we will bid you adieu for this week. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your damn mask. And we'll see you next week. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the demon so 